All right. How you doing? Um, I'm really excited about sharing today's word. Uh, it's the second part of the series that I'm doing, and coming from Samuel. So if you have your Bibles open uh, to First Samuel, um, we'll get started. But before we do, uh, I once heard from a certain preacher that uh, for a person to be healthy, you need at least two to no, three to five hugs a day. Or, or at least a handshake or two. So how about we all stand? And I know that there's a lot of people in this room that are new. Uh, how about we just grab uh, hold of two to three people, give them a hug if you know them well, give them a handshake if you've met them for the first time, say welcome to church. We're just really glad you're here. Yeah, allow your hugs to be the hug of Jesus. All right, awesome. Go ahead and take your seats. That's great. Very good, as our pastor would say. All right. Uh, before we begin, if it's okay, uh, I want to just spend a very short time in prayer. I feel like the Lord wants to release specific revelations today. And I just feel like God wants to prepare our hearts first and foremost. So let's pray right now. If you can just pray for your hearts. Lord, would you just prepare the fertile soil of my heart? And also, if you can just lift up an intercessory prayer for me as well. Uh, let the Lord take the holy coal of heaven, touch my lips, and allow me to speak with clarity, precision, and the very words of God. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much that you are a powerful God and uh, no one can mess with you. Yeah, no, no demon, no principality, no darkness can mess with you. And we thank you that we serve a mighty God in this place. And so, God, as we praise you today and as we pray and seek your face, we thank you that every weapon formed against us shall not prevail. We refute it in the name of Jesus. So I take authority over this room and I command every demonic attack every distraction, every principality that has been coming against your people this week, and I command it to be silent in the name of Jesus. And more, more above all, all else, we declare that, Lord, you receive all the glory from our lives. God, we long so badly to encounter you and to give you glory. So right now, God, from the depth of our souls, we bless you, we love you, and we need you today as we hear your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So uh, a few weeks ago, I preached from 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 1 to 18. Um, it was somewhat of a heavy topic for me because uh, I had to dig back into my past and to share how the Lord had led me through some difficult seasons. And uh, as we look at the life of Hannah in the past, we see that God was sovereign in her pain and God was also sovereign in her prayers. And God really sets us a powerful example of what it means to be someone who sets their gaze upon Jesus in the midst of pain. So as I preached last time in my first part of the series, we see 
uh, a woman in barrenness, a woman who cried out to the Lord, even in the midst of her rivals, taunting her year after year. We saw Hannah turn and seek to the Lord and pour out her soul. And one of the things I really encouraged you last time that I preached is turn to, fir- turn to Jesus first. If you try to turn to your pastors, if you try to seek help from psychiatrists, if you try to seek help even from hospitals, first and foremost, you're not going to truly find your salvation and healing. Now, don't get me wrong. We need these things. We need our pastors. That's why we come to church. We need our doctors. That's why we go to hospitals. But the spirit of the truth says Jesus is our first and foremost, and we need him first. So let's pick up the story um, as we hear the story of Hannah from verses 19. If you turn there with me. Verses 19 and 20. Let me read that for us. It says, They rose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord. Then they went back to their house at Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife. And the Lord remembered her. Verses 20. And in due time... Hannah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Samuel, for she said, I have asked for him from the Lord. Amen. So the first important revelation I want to draw from this text, and uh, as you might notice, I'm going to preach an expository style of preaching today. I'm just going to go through verse by verse, um, just the way that I've been trained. Verse 19, we see that the first point that we can draw a revelation is that God remembers our prayers. And if you have your outlines there, uh, it's in your bulletins. Uh, Please do honor my preparation and fill it out as you can. It will really bless me. God remembers our prayers is the first revelation I want to draw. I want to read verse 19 one more time. They rose early in the morning and worshiped before the Lord. Then they went back home. At Ramah, and Alkanah knew his wife. Uh, that word knew is the same word uh, that God uses in Hebrew for yada, which means sexual in- intimacy or deep intimacy. So obviously, Alkanah was getting it on with his wife. <laughs> it was getting it on. And what, is the, what does the Bible say? The Lord remembered her. And year after year, Hannah was going through so much trial and pain. Just waiting on the Lord. Lord, in my barrenness, I pray that you'd remember me year after year. And the Bible says, the Lord remembered her. Amen. God is a God who remembers us. God knows. He understands. Even in Psalms 56 of verse 8, it reads in the NLT version, God, you keep a track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in a bottle. You've recorded each one in your book. Man, isn't that amazing? That every tear that you cry, God cherishes those tears and puts it in his bottle in heaven. And he saves it, sets it apart, and records and remembers that. That is the type of God we serve. So God does not forget our pains. He does not forget your trials. He won't forget your struggles. God remembers everything. But what is more important as we see from today's story, he does not forget our prayers. God remembers our prayers. Um, today I wanted to share a little bit of my story of how uh, Grace and I got married. Um, it was a 
somewhat of a short time coming and a long time coming. Uh, we actually got married in the space of three months of actually having our DTR to find the relationship. And uh, three months of let's figure out a date, let's figure out what the Lord is doing, and then boom, let's get married in Sydney. So it was a really quick process. But behind that, um, what I wanted to share today is the, the seasons of many years and years of prayer that the Lord led us to pray. Um, so anyways, we got married back in 2009, uh, October 24th. I, uh, I had to double check with her <laughs> in a sly way. I was like, honey, what's, do you remember the anniversary of our, of our wedding? And she's like, 24th. I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I wrote it down. See? See? And so, anyways. So we got married uh, in 2009. Uh, as I mentioned, it was a three-month process. But before that, um, back in 2008, the Lord led me uh, to pray. Uh, this is just purely part of my own desire. And also, I just felt like the Spirit of the Lord saying, Herman, I just want you to pray about your spouse. So uh, 2008, I was just praying, and I just felt led all of a sudden to create a list. And so I created a three-page list. This is the original right here. I'll let you look, look at it from afar. <laughs> All right, not too close. <laughs> no, it's okay. They're all, they're all really cool stuff. Um, so on that list, uh, you know, these, these things that I was led to write down, um, it wasn't like this is what I need to be uh, in my woman. You know, it wasn't like, God, if, if, if this is not the type of woman that, God, you're going to give me, then I don't want her. Um, this is a type of list that I brought before the Lord. I said, these things are important to me. And so I wrote things like character, uh, her spiritual walk, uh, even her talents and giftings. I, I was led to write down specific blessings over them so that, um, you know, when the time comes where I was able to meet her, I was able to also bless her and her destiny as well. So, um, and a lot of the other things I did pray in terms of the future was uh, God just because of my family background, they were non-Christians and my parents a little bit hectic. I really wanted to pray that my wife would be ready to be able to handle my hectic family. And so, um, these things I, I was led to pray in uh, day in, day out. I stuck it on my one-room uh, lonely apartment wall, stuck it up there. And, uh, you know, I was just praying and not thinking too much of it, but knowing that, you know, this is a faithful thing to do and uh, this is important to me, so I'm going to do it. So I was praying uh, week in, week out. Um, and I, I found that as I was praying more and more uh, about my future spouse, uh, I found that my prayers started to get more intense. Like uh, sometimes I'll be praying like 10 minutes and then I'll just kind of get on with life. Sometimes I'll be there like 30, 40, 50 minutes just going at it. Lord, I just want to come before you and just bless my wife. I declare that she is a woman of grace. I declare she's a woman of favor. I declare she's a woman of destiny. I just bless her. I know she's in the world. Right now, I pray prayers of protection. Lord, deliver her from those men. <laughs> those... <laughs> and um, so I found that as I got closer to the moment that I actually got to meet Grace face-to-face for the first time, uh, not only did my prayers increase in the intensity, 
but also found that uh, just random people, uh, people from different churches, even New Philly, come up to me and just give me words of encouragement. Herman, I just, uh, I normally don't like to say these type of things as a prophetic word, but I just feel like you need to pray about your wife. So I'm like, hmm, okay. Oh, thank you. That was very encouraging. So back in my mind, I was just like, okay, I guess the Lord wants me to continue to pray. So I'm, so I'm like, okay, that's encouraging me. So I keep praying, I keep praying. And continually, God kept sending me various people, uh, people who didn't know my situation or people who did, that would just give me words of encouragement to continue to pray, that I'm on the right track. So it encouraged me a lot. So I was praying a lot. Um, anyways, uh, as I was praying, no, oh, let me just give a disclaimer with this testimony. Uh, you know, this type of testimony might be for some people, but it's not always for everyone. So please take it with a grain of salt, um, as well as the prophetic words as well. Uh, I took it with a grain of salt. So when someone comes up to you and says, uh, I just feel like the Lord is saying you're going to get married this year, uh, you really want to be careful. There's a lot of, uh, safety issues that you want to be uh, aware of. So even for you, as though as there are many people who are prophetic, uh, you want to be careful with these things. And so um, luckily, a lot of the people that come up, came up to me came, came with wisdom and grace. Anyway, so grace appears <laughs> in my life. Um, I was a worship pastor at a different church and also a missions director. And uh, the Lord uh, had allowed her to join a business school at the time and also come on a vacation to Korea for six months. And so she comes to Korea and, uh, you know, she wanted to make the best of her six months here. And she, she ends up trying to apply for a prayer team. And uh, so obviously I'm the leader there, I'm the, I'm the person in charge, and I receive her application. And even without thinking, because of our policy, our one-year commitment, like we just, we just declined it and didn't think much of it. We just said, I'm sorry. There's a one-year commitment that we require. Um, we're going to have to decline it. We bless you. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks pass and missions opens up. And I'm, I'm helping out with the applications. And I receive this application again. And I see the name Grace Lee. I'm like, oh, okay. This is interesting. And so, um, you know, without meeting her, I really found her application really blessing me. Um, I don't know if it was the Lord or whether it was just me. But just the way that she compiled everything, was faithful to respond to all my emails, just get everything done according to what was needed to be done. Like it was the easiest application that I had to process. And so it blessed me so much, like to the point where um, I brought back the application to our praise team leadership. And I said, let's reconsider this girl. I think there's something special about her. <laughs> um, and so, long story short, she comes on and joins our praise team. And honestly, you know, I didn't think too much of it. And when I first met her, I thought, oh, you know, just as a man, I thought, you know, she's a cute chick, nothing more. <laughs> and, you know, as a ministry leader, as a single ministry leader, one of the things that uh, I was really taught to do is really guard the integrity uh, and the purity of the ministry. And so, um, you know, I would treat her as a sister and really bless her in her pursuits. So anyways, uh, she ends up joining the praise team. She ends up going on missions. And uh, during around this time, we had this crusade called the, called the Andreas Pisoni Crusade. And uh, that's when God used this South American dude to really unleash uh, really this, the Holy Spirit upon New Philadelphia and in partnership with Ornity. 
which was the church I was serving at the time. And we had this joint conference, and that's when the Lord met Grace. And she just had a powerful encounter. And it was about the time that she felt led to fully commit her life to the Lord. And so she did. And uh, at the same time, as she committed to the Lord, she felt like Korea was the place for her to minister. And uh, she ended up becoming a, a administrator for the church, a part-time administrator. And the lead pastor right now, Pastor Eddie, he ends up putting her under all my, all my different, um, I guess, ministries. So praise team ministry, uh, missions ministry, she becomes the administrator for them all. So I'm, I'm getting to spend more time with her and just kind of hang out. And I'm continuing to see this uh, faithfulness in her that I saw at the beginning through application. And I was really blessed, uh, nothing more. Um, but then as I was continue, as I continue on in prayer, in prayer uh, what, really, what really blessed me the most in this whole process is uh, God's faithfulness in it all. Uh, because before I actually met Grace, I really went through a really difficult relationship. Uh, where the breakup ended up with my ex-girlfriend dating and marrying my one of my closest friends. And he was also a praise leader as well. And uh, if, you know, if you know the rules, that's, that's bad. <laughs> don't, you, don't do that to, you don't do that to your good friend. And uh, that's terrible. And so I, I bless them. I really do. I bless them. <laughs> um, but when I see them, it's a little awkward. But so anyways, um, along with that part of my heart being closed, along with uh, just, just countless counsels that I've received from spiritual leaders and friends saying, you really need to be careful as a single male worship leader, talented, with all these thousands of women out there. You really need to be careful. The, the devil's going to come after you. You have to be careful, et cetera, et cetera. And so I was, I was very militant about this. Um, if you ask the p- previous people that I serve with, and Grace can even testify, um, people wanted to spend, you know, just one-on-one, just as a sister, as a friend, nothing more. You know, let's, let's hang out and have, have lunch. You know, immediately I'll shut them down. So I'm sorry. Um, I, res- I respect that you want to hang out with me, but um, I want to invite you to respect my boundaries. I'm sorry we can't. And so, um, you know, I've had many awkward moments like that. Uh, and... My apologies to those sisters because we are still friends now. Um, so I'm, I'm in this position and, and I'm really guarded. And uh, bit by bit, as, as I'm praying through this list, God, God is so faithful in that um, as I was hanging out and spending time with grace, like not intentionally, but just, just because of ministry and, and missions preparation, uh, God will show me bit by bit, see, th- these are some of the things that you've been praying for. These are things that are important to you. So one time, Grace invited myself and another uh, administrator over to her house that she was staying in. And uh, she said, I want to cook you guys uh, dinner. And so we had a great time. You know, the food was amazing. And um, I just found myself really enjoying our time together. And, and, I, and I just kept having those moments where God was like, see, do you remember that time you prayed that you wanted a wife that can cook, who enjoys cooking? Remember that time when you prayed that, you know, you wanted a wife that you can hang out with? You know, it's okay. I just felt like through those times of God remembering, he was disarming these prickly parts of my heart that 
I thought I needed healing and deliverance in. Like I thought I needed to sit down with someone and say, I have issues with women. Uh, back in 2007, uh, this girl said this, and my heart is like this. Can you fix me? I thought I needed to go through that session. But, man, God is faithful. And in this process, he kept reminding me, you know, Herman, these are the things that are important to you. And I want you to just see. I want you to just check this person out. And so I started to direct my prayers, uh, not intentionally towards her, but be open. And uh, it's crazy. Around that same time, my prayers skyrocketed. I just, um, if you know New Philly style prayer, like, it's like, like, I was, it was the Holy Spirit. I was on the floor and it was like me and the Lord. And I just knew that this is what, what really pleased the Lord. And so um, and during that moment, um, uh, yeah, so my heart really opened up. And during those moments, more and more, just I don't know why, but the Lord kept sending people to me. I guess I was really hard-hearted or something. But another person comes up to me and says, Herman, like, I just feel like your wife is around the corner. And I just feel like he's going to unveil your eyes to her. So we end up going on missions, and missions become really rough because I'm this militant, crazy leader telling people you need to do 100 push-ups because you didn't memorize the memory verses. And so I'm telling Grace, uh, don't mess with me. Give me 10 push-ups. And so her, her heart actually closed towards me <laughs> at the time because I was really, like, stringent, and um, I was the B word to her. <laughs> uh, and uh, for her... At the time, she received words as well. She felt like the Lord was going to lead her towards the direction of a relationship. And she even received the word uh, husband and even my name. And so even with a grain of salt, she was praying about, praying about it. But she kept it to herself until we talked about it. And so um, for me, on missions, you know, I was, I was becoming more rougher and um, the way that I was directing things. But it was really funny. Like... God really did open my eyes. Like, I just randomly would see her in the midst of our preparation time. Like, wow, she's, she's not too bad. <laughs> wow, like, that sunlight that is bouncing off her sunglasses <laughs> is kind of looking cool. Uh, but again, from the integrity as a, as a leader, I was really trying to guard my heart. And, and so I actually ended up, because there are multiple times we had to be in the office alone because we had to get stuff done. I actually called her up a few times and um, told her, hey, uh, I'm sorry, but I have to give you a time out. First and foremost, I apologize that I put you in a position where you're alone with a minister, um, and I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry. And, uh, yeah, I just want to give you a time out. Uh, let's kind of, like, give ourselves some space and, and kind of, like, you know, let's be careful and everything like that. And so, so again, she, it was really rough for her. She was like, this is not going to work out. Like, this... <laughs> This guy is so, like, militant. Like, what's wrong with him? So that's the situation. We come back from missions, and, um, yeah, uh, we ended up having dinner, and our friends kind of sense what's going on, and um, our friends kind of do this movie where we have to sit together at certain parts of dinner, watch a movie, and we end up sitting together, and, and uh, you know, without beating around the bush, I'm saying, like, let's let's stop this. And so I took her to uh, the War Memorial down in Seoul. And I said, uh, as I'm walking down, um, I said, uh, you know, I just want us to pray about what's going on right now. 
And around that time, I just felt God saying, Herman, I want you to take a step of faith. I want you to take a step of faith. It's going to be okay. Because I was kind of semi-freaking out, hyperventilating. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. But I felt the Lord saying, it's okay. And I just felt like him just remembering where I was at. And uh, so, yeah, long story short, um, I'm like, I feel like the Lord is saying, I want to invite you back to Sydney to meet my parents. And she's like, oh, that's crazy because I feel like the Lord is inviting you to come back to the States to meet my parents. And our ticketing, uh, we, didn't t- we didn't time this on purpose or work it out, but our ticketing was literally back-to-back where my Sydney trip was first and then her American trip was second. It was like the date was perfect. And so we ended up going to Sydney together, um, getting the blessings from my, my parents, getting the blessings from my parents, and we started heading towards figuring out a ceremony date. And even that was crazy because uh, it was three months away and there was no opening, openings for um, anywhere to get married. And, uh, and so we set our hearts on prayer and we asked the Lord, Lord, is there a specific date you want us to get married? Didn't think too much of it. And he gave us October, October 20-something, 24th. So we look around, my sister does some research, we find a gorgeous place, and they give an amazing deal. It's an outdoor wedding, one of the best weddings uh, that we've had, <laughs> and what people have said. Um, and um, I, look up at, I look back at my journal, and uh, as we look back at the date, some of the interesting things that really blessed us was that um, when I first wrote this list, I wrote it in October 26th of 2008. And the day that we got married was October, October 24th, uh, which is pretty much the same weekend. And so the Lord was like confirming to me, like, see, Herman, I'm really faithful to you. I'm faithful to the prayers. I'm remembering the prayers that you prayed. So what I felt today uh, through my kind of long but broken testimony is I just felt like the Lord wanted to encourage some people in this room. I just felt like... There's some people who've been contending for a while, and this is not just pertaining to getting married, uh, but there's a prayer that some people have been praying for many years. And some of you may even have a list that you've been praying through. And what I felt like today is that God is saying to you, God is faithful, and he is remembering your prayers. God is faithful, and he's remembering your prayers. And as we catch this revelation today, And with that being said, it is also important that as we pray through, you know, we might have a list. We might have these things that we're contending for, our future spouses or future breakthroughs. It's really important for us to pray from the place of our identity and rest. And that's something that Pastor Caleb led us to pray on Friday. He just stopped us and we just sat there and we just soaked. It's so important when we come into that place of prayer, we need to know who who our God is. God is our Father. And the Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from Him. Just like when Karis, she would come up to me and ask, Daddy, I want some food in her baby language. But, but, but. The Bible says, which of you, if a son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask you. Church, know your identity. Know who God is. He is God the Father. And know who you are. 
You are his son and his daughter. You are his prized possession. You are his delight. So rest. Rest. Just like Hannah, what she did, she poured out her pain. She's like, God, this is junk. God, this is junk. God, I ask for a son. And she poured out. And what did she do? She entrusted it. She received a word that the son is on the way, and she let go, and she moved on. She went back to life. She got, she got it on with her husband, and the Lord remembered. So I just feel like for some of some of people in this room, what I just want to encourage you, there have been prayers that you've been praying for years and years. I feel like the Lord is saying to you, let go. He's answered. Move on. The Holy Spirit is going to give you a clearing. Uh, in the next few, he's going to allow you to just move on. The grace of God is going to show you that he's answered those prayers. Just move on. It's coming. The second revelation I want to draw from Hannah's story is not only does God remember our prayers, God remembers our prayers in due time. There is a due time. Verse 20 says, And in due time, Hannah conceived and bore a son. She called his name Samuel, for she said, I have asked for him from the Lord. You know, sometimes waiting is difficult, whether it's waiting in line at Costco, whether it's waiting as parents at Lotte Department Store for elevators when there's 20 parents with 50 other kids and you want to get on that elevator, elevator, whether it's waiting for your husband or wife that people keep telling you about or praying over you, whether it's breakthroughs in your finances or even your businesses, waiting is tough. But here's the truth. Waiting is part of life, and waiting is part of God's plan. Waiting is part of your process to know God. We all have to wait, just like Hannah. We all have a promise that God wants to birth through us, but it's going to be difficult at times, just like Hannah. Just like, just like Hannah, some of us, we're going to encounter enemies. It might be the devil. It might be people that... God, it might be people that the devil has sent. It might be just mean people that taunt you about your inadequacies, areas that you've been praying about year after year. Just like Hannah, we might have prayer topics that we prayed year after year coming before the Lord and seeing no fruit. But just like Hannah, what I felt like I wanted to release through today's word, some of us are on the verge of giving birth to one of the greatest breakthroughs of not only our lives, but your families, your workplaces, and ministries and nations. There is a breakthrough that is coming right now. Okay, I want you to hear the Spirit of the Lord saying this. I want you to hear it past my words. God is bringing breakthrough into this house, like powerful breakthroughs. I just see businesses coming. I just see people coming into agreement with relationships that God has set up. I just see favor coming, money coming. It is all coming. So God is saying, be encouraged today. He is faithful. He remembers. But at the same time, just like when Grace and I planned to have a baby, there was a time of waiting. Preparing. There was a time of uh, nine months conception. A, a time of giving preparation, not only to our physiological bodies, but also the, the mental state. And we see in verse 19, God remembers in due time. You need to know, God does remember, but it's in due time. It's in due time. 
Due time means he's timing his wisdom. Due time means he knows best. Isaiah 55, 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as high as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than yours, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So church, we know this verse, we've memorized it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In other words, throw it out sometimes. Sometimes your understanding needs to just go. Acknowledge him. Say, yes, Lord, these are the areas that I'm struggling with. These are the laws I'm contending for. Acknowledge him. And the Lord says, he will make your paths. God, I want to get married. God, is this the person? God, I want to have breakthrough in my finances. The God who says, I'm here and remember, he's going to make your path straight. Your straight paths are coming. But you have to trust and lean not on your own understanding. And as we learn from Hannah, you need to acknowledge him. Don't just go on, on your own way. Allow the church to speak into your life. Allow Pastor Caleb and Mina to bring your straight paths. When there is submission, there is clarity. God is entailed. He has brought the foundation of, of, of pastors, of the church for a reason. Because he wants to speak into your life through this establishment. So don't despise the church. Don't despise submission. It is godly. It is proper. One of the books that really encouraged me on this topic of prayer uh, has been a book by Bill Hybels. You may know it. Uh, Too Busy Not to Pray. How many of you guys have read it? No? If you haven't read it, I really highly recommend that you read it, especially in this busy culture of Korea. And one, one extract that I want to share today uh, that has helped me a lot, that I wrote in the front of my oldest kept Bible that I do for my quiet times, an extract that I want to share today, uh, that is, if your request is wrong, God says no. If you are wrong, God says grow. If the timing is wrong, God says slow. If the request, you, and the timing is right, God says go. No, grow, slow, go. It's, it's very practical, I know. It almost seems almost like self-help, but once you really think about this with some of the prayers that you're praying. No, grow, slow, go. What is the Lord saying with the prayers that you're bringing before him? Uh, one of the other things that I added on the bottom of my prayer uh, on my Bible as I wrote this is be thankful in every circumstance, regardless. So church, what I want to implore today to you is that God knows best. God knows best for his glory. God knows best for you. The God the Father has a due time according to his time and his wisdom. It's kind of like a knife. A knife is a, is a wonderful tool for cooking, it's a wonderful tool to do some gardening. But let's just say, Karis, my dear baby, my precious baby, a baby that I will do a fly kick to any man or any little baby that tries to touch her. <laughs> um, if she said to me when she gets a little older, Papa, Appa, and she points to a knife. She's like, give me that knife. I want to play with it. Now, obviously... All of us in the room, if we're sane enough, we're going to say andeo, which means no in Korean. Andeo, no. It's not right. 
why isn't it right? Even if Karis is asking a billion times, even if the knife is a useful tool, the thing is, though it's a useful tool, but at the right, wrong time, it can actually be more harmful than good. And I just feel like there are many prayers that we pray. God, I want this. Give me that. God, if you don't do this, blah, stuff that, and we get upset. But stop to ask the Lord why. Or even question and allow the Holy Spirit to remind you why. Maybe there is a wisdom factor. Maybe there is a timing factor. Or maybe he just wants you to simply trust and let go. And I just feel like there are times where our prayers, they're good. They're really good. As a a matter of fact, there are times when our prayers are specifically and straight from the throne room of God. We're praying out these great prayers. But for some reason, we're not seeing any fruit. And that's when we're reminded sometimes, if the timing is wrong, God says slow. God is putting things together like a jigsaw puzzle. Things are coming together that you don't know. There are people that need to come into position to be able to partner with you for that business. There are characters that are being formed in your husband right now that you don't know about. There are finances that are being released right now in certain ways that you need to receive at a specific point so that his purposes can be perfectly be done. So if the timing is wrong, God is saying, slow, I know what's better. As the God the Father, he knows what's better. You know, we've all heard this before, and it makes sometimes it makes total sense after the fact that we've made the mistake. But the right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing. I think that's a spiritual truth as well. Here's another one. And this is for some people in this room and maybe some people who are listening on the podcast. The right person at the wrong time is the wrong thing. Better yet, the wrong person at the wrong time is just plain foolishness. You're just going to set yourself up for hardship, for more pain, more heartbreak. The bottom bottom line is this. Stop messing around. I just felt like God saying this. Stop messing around. Stop trying to find the right person here. And this this is not just for, for marriage partners. This goes with every prayer topic that God is saying no. Stop messing around. He's inviting you to stop. He's saying no. God's due time is from a place of wisdom. God's due time is from a place where he says, I know best. And here's here's the most important thing that I can release today. What I felt like the Lord saying for me to release today. Even if God doesn't answer every prayer, even if he doesn't answer a good prayer for you and I today, whether it's financial breakthrough, whether it's healing for a loved one, even if you've been praying, contending for for the salvation of your father, even if he does not answer, the bottom line is this, God is still good. God is still good. God, you are still good. And I will still worship you. God, even if you do not give me all the things that I ask for, it's not about that. It's all about you and I worship you. In the book of Habakkuk, it's a wonderful verse. Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, 
Though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. Church, what is the posture of your heart? Are you like a baby that needs to be fed? Give me, give me, give me. If you don't give me, God, I'm not going to serve you. Or are you are a mature worshiper? God, even if, even if, even if, I will still worship you. Even if. One picture I, I want to, before we move on to the final point that I want to just share, comes from the picture of Revelations about prayer. In the book of Revelations, the Bible describes prayer being collected in heavenly bowls with sweet aroma. And not only are our prayers pleasing to God, but when the bowls become full, the Bible says, the angels of heaven, the messengers of heaven, take these prayers and throw them back down to earth. Revelations 8.2 says, Then I saw the seven angels who stood before God. Seven trumpets were given to them. And another angel came and stood at the altar with seven uh, gold senses, golden censers, and he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of saints rose before God from the hand of the angel. Verse 5, Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and threw it on the earth. And there were peals of lightning, thunder, rumblings, flashes of thunder and lightning, and of earthquake. Church, the prayers of a righteous man is powerful. But do you know why it's powerful? Because the prayers of the saints enter the hands of God. And he breathes on them. And I want you to get this picture. And I, and I pray that you get this picture. Every time we pray, it is a sweet aroma. A sweet incense to the Lord. Just as we sing, day and night, night and day, let incense rise. Let our prayers arise like incense as he takes pleasure. And let him fill the bowl as you pray faithfully. And in due time, the Bible says, the angels of heaven take these prayers and he throws it down with such power that the devil has no chance. There is no chance in hell the breakthroughs are going to be stopped. Every time we come together for Sunday swim, which is just before our services, every time we come together for our Friday fires, every second Friday of the week, our prayers are powerful. They are not wasted. Right now, there's a holy golden bowl that's being filled up with new Philly prayers. And God's about to release it with peals of thunder, with earthquakes. He's about to bring a shaking to this earth. And you better be ready. Church, your prayers are powerful. Don't let the devil lie to you or let him despise the power of your prayers. Don't let boredom take over your prayers. That is a lie from the devil. He knows it. That's why every time we come to pray, there are times where we have to fight. We have to fight. We have to come into agreement of who we are and say, God, my prayers are powerful. My prayers matter. They do count, and therefore I shall pray. So turn your prayers to him. You see, in due time, God will return your prayers with power. In due time, salvation will come, and it is coming. In due time, we will see healing break out of the sick, 
the dying and the lame. In due time, God's going to release a kingdom provision for building. God's going to release in due time, in increase by the thousands. See this sanctuary right here? The prayers that we've prayed, God's going to blow it up. There's an increase by the thousands that's coming to this sanctuary. And it's not just about this location. It's about what God is doing in this house. So church, rise up. There is a due time that is coming. Every prayer matters. Every prayer counts. Amen? Amen. I'm going to quickly go to my final point, and that is we must remember our vows. You see, God has answered many great prayers, and he's answering them right now. But there is a part that we need to play, and that is to remember our vows, just like what Hannah did. What did Hannah say? O Lord of hosts, if you indeed look on the afflictions of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall touch his head. He made it, she made a vow. Numbers 32 says, If a man vows a vow to the Lord or swears an oath to bind himself by a pledge, he shall not break his word. He shall do according all that proceeds out of his mouth. Ecclesiastes 5 verses 4. When you vow a vow to God, do not delay paying it. For he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you vow. It is better that you should not vow than that you should vow and not pay. Let not your mouth lead you into sin. And do not say before the messenger that it was a mistake. Why should God be angry at your voice and destroy the work of your hands? For when dreams increase and words grow many, there is vanity. But God is the one you must fear. When God answers your prayers, he's inviting you to partner with him. It's not a place of indulgement. It's not a place where you just receive and hoard the blessings for yourself. God is saying you are blessed like Abraham. You are blessed to be a blessing, to be a father of many nations. The finances that I increase in your bank account, it is not for you to indulge. Yes, indeed, I want to bless you. I want to bless your family. That is your blessing, yes. But it's not just about that. God has in mind, in his, in his heart, he has your family in mind. He is thinking about the lost souls in your workplaces he is thinking about the people in your church, your small group members. He is thinking about the kingdom that he wants to build through you. He is thinking about eternal consequences when he blesses you. So when he gives and grants you, which I'm sure that all of you have experienced, he's expecting you to fulfill your part of the deal, and that is to remember your vows. Our first vow that we made to the Lord when we got saved is, Jesus Christ, I accept you into my life, and you are the Lord over all. Everything. But what happens? We end up enjoying the provision more than the provider. We end up seeking more His hand than His face. We place the very things that God has given us more important than Him. And He calls that idolatry. I just feel like there are, there are people who may be listening to this message, whether through podcasts, that God is challenging you right now. Are there things in your life that you've asked from the Lord and that you have not kept your vow and that you've placed more important than God? It may be your finances. It may be a relationship. It may be a good thing. 
Some of us in this room, the devil has lied to you. He's taken a small truth and he's, he's sucked you into a greater lie. If you pray for this, then you're going to receive it. And that's all you need to do. That's a lie. God is calling for more. You are made for more than that. God has called you to enjoy him. The, the only reason that we can enjoy these blessings, church, the people, the salvation, the finances, all of it, the prosperity, is it, because it stems from the enjoyment of God. Everything that you can enjoy, don't call God a liar. Every good and perfect gift comes from him. The moment that you begin to enjoy that more than God is to spit in the provider's voice, face. So I want to ask you today, what are some vows that you've made before the Lord? Whether it's coming back to the first vows you've made or whether it's, whether it's specific vows that you've made. What vows is the Lord inviting you to revisit? I want to share three final things. I'm going to cut it short. I've been kind of getting a, going a little long. But yeah, just as Pastor Lydia shared during our Sunday swim, increase is coming. Uh, there are going to be, be people in New Philadelphia who are going to be rich. Uh, some of us are going to become famous. Some of us are going to have amazing relationships, uh, are having amazing relationships, but amazing relationships in the sense of family and future families. And it's all coming. But there is our part to play. And so I want to draw three healthy examples in remembering our vows when God remembers our prayers. And that is number one, we remember our vows by stewardship. And this is what Hannah got at the time. Hannah, she got it, man. She got it. When she made that vow, she wanted to fulfill her vows. As soon as uh, Samuel was born, what did she do? In verse 22, it says that, you know what? I'm going to wean this child until he's ready. There is stewardship in our children. There is power when we steward our children. As soon as the child is weaned, I will bring him so that he will appear in the presence of the Lord and dwell there forever. Elkanah said, uh, her husband said to her, do what seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord establish his word. You know what stewardship is? Stewardship is about stewarding what God gives until his word is established. Stewardship is stewarding until what God gives, until his word is established. And I'll just give a quick example. For example, God has granted me a beautiful child by the name of Karis. She's a precious gift, but she's not mine. God is calling me to steward her. How? First and foremost, to the original first and fourth commandments of the Lord. To love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. These are the things I want to steward into her life. What are the second things I'm going to steward into her? Her prophetic words, her promises. These, this is my calling as a father. This is stewardship. This is my calling. And it's the same for you with, when God grants you the blessings. He's inviting you to steward until his word is established. Number two, we remember our vows by sharing our testimonies. Okay, I'm not going to read the verse, but Hannah goes back and proclaims to 
Eli the priest, this is what the Lord has done. This is what the Lord has done. I have prayed and the Lord has granted. So when God gives you, he expects you to share it. You are blessed to be a blessing. Your trials that have become your testimony will become someone else's triumph. And that's the whole principle of their ceiling will become our floor. That's something that we preach a lot on. The breakthroughs that Pastor Caleb Amina experienced, I claim that as my testimony. And the breakthroughs that I have experienced, God expects me to steward it by sharing it with others so they can experience that same breakthrough. Okay. The third one, and the most powerful picture, is surrendering it back to God. And that's exactly what Hannah did. Therefore, I've lent him back to the Lord. Her hands was always open. When she received Samuel, Samuel was very precious to her. Her first son, out of her barrenness, she was very precious, but her hands were always open. She said, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Father, for this amazing gift. I receive it in the place of thanksgiving, and I steward him, and I return him back to you. And that's the picture that that the Lord wants to share with you today. Have your hands open all the time. Say, Lord, this is yours. Let's pray. And today I'm just going to lead us into a couple prayer topics just to respond to God's word. And the first and foremost prayer I want us to pray is to remember who God is. Before I go into a time of prayer, I have to stop myself and remind myself, you know what? God does want to bless me. He is for me. He doesn't want to harm me, but to prosper me, to give me a future. Just take a moment right now to allow the Father to speak to you right now. Are there areas that you've been contending for and asking? Are there areas of frustration? Just allow the Father's love to burn that away right now. People of God, you are not to walk in frustration. That is not your identity. Release that frustration right now. So let's pray as we invite him right now to remind us who he is. Let's pray. God, I just want to thank you so much right now for the prayers that have been lifted up season in and season out. I thank you that the bowls are being filled up right now in heaven 
and that they are a pleasing aroma to your senses, Lord. Lord, we come before you and we confess that you are our Father and we trust that you have all our prayers and that you remember them. So Lord, I pray and speak forth a shalom over this place, that there'll be no frustration, but only faith. Father, I pray right now that you would quicken some of the prayers that people have been contending for. God, I thank you right now that you're going to speak in the next few days to specific people about certain prayers. Prayers that they have been praying for many years and some prayers that they have forgotten about. You will remind them. And so I come before you, Lord, and just release a grace. Attend to pray from the place of identity and rest. And we thank you and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.